Ayo, hey, 10K. Yes, sir. What if in the world of magic, right? Okay. You was the blacksmith responsible for making all the equipment. All the equipment? All the equipment. So, so from great axe to sword of feast and famine. You just you're, I'm the man. Yes, you are the guy. Okay. But you had a uh, disgruntled customer. He doesn't like how you made his sword of feast and famine. And to be fair, you had a drunk night, so all his land is not untapping. It's like only two land. Only two lands untapping. Only two land. They still discard a card? Nah. Are he is he still pro green and black? Yeah. Oh, he can get the fuck out my face, bro. Oh, really? He can get the fuck out my face, bro. Nah, I mean he You know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did did he sign up for warranty? No. Did he fucked up? He fucked up. But he, he can't fu- he traveled planes. And I'm sure that after I sold him his allegedly defective sword, I asked him if he would like a warranty with that. You was drunk, remember? That's that's customary though. I don't already been to court for this one time about not asking a motherfucker for a warranty. So best believe I crossed my eyes on this warranty. Even while you was like piss poor drunk. It's cool. I know I was making money, man. This is all I do. I've been making cards since since I don't know when equipments came out. But if I do all of them, I'm a hardworking man, bro. And all I asked for was a warrant. So I'm protected. But so now he has to go to war with this defective sword of feast and famine. What you want me to do, man? He you want like, me you want me to make you another sword? Honestly, and you know, and to keep him from putting a bad review, maybe you should make him another sword. I sound like I got this shit on a hold, my brother. I create all the equipments. Where else they gonna go? I'm about, I'm about to show you how how evil this world get. Where else you gonna go? You about to think you about to go to another core artificer and get you some kits like this? I made Argentum. I was the first blacksmith out here doing this. <laughs> Yo, that's that's kind of fucked up, man. I don't think so. Bro, you think about my history of magic and all the equipments I made and had this dude walk in here who's pro-green and pro-black, discarding cars and untapping two lands. Who ain't worried about winter orb? Well, you? no, remember, you're not discarding cards. It's just pro-black, pro-green. That's good enough. And you untap two? That's good enough, man. Just two lands. That's good enough, man. What about all That's the other you... people that are untapping all their land? You got the rough end of the stick. You got the rough reprint, bro. Because you were drunk, he got the rough end of the stick. Hey, man. He should have you... got that warranty, huh? So, I mean, you... Because there's plenty of other people that got their warranty, and we ain't have no problem with this. You spent years Yo. developing and building your brand and credibility. And I'm out here. I have made all the equipments in Magic history. I am legendary. I'm beyond legendary. I can't even be a card at this point. You can't be a <laughs> <laughs> I transcend the world of this of the, of this place you live in now. I create this. I created all of this. You know, after this exchange, Where will White be without me? Where will Boros be without me? You know, they're gonna he's gonna like get a bunch of people together because this is class action. Before. Yeah. But they had warranties though. No, they're still they still don't like how they were treated. They're gonna I'll, take I'll, you down. I'll, they won't. They're gonna start their own school. Okay, so I guess artificers. Ain't nobody getting equipments no more, huh? They're starting their own school. It's fine. It's fine. We'll see how far y'all get with that. 
Wow, 10K became a tyrant, y'all. <laughs> we'll see how far you guys get with that. Well, welcome to the Late Bloomers podcast, where we talk Magic the Gathering. Um, as you listeners may heard, that 10K, he plans on being a complete tyrant if he was making every equipment in the game of Magic. Every equipment in the game is somebody going to pull up and bitch about. Come on, bro. All this, I've, all these boots I've given you. I think that was fair. All he had to do was have a warranty, bro. He he was trying to save money. Well, he would have saved money, huh? Because he could have wow. he could have redeemed that warranty. Wow! And he could have had a brand new sword. That fast. All for an extra three three mantle on top of that. You already come to my shop paying twenty for mantle. Put an hey, extra two on that, man. Let, let's put an extra two on that, man. <laughs> let's move on. Put an extra two on that, man. I think it makes perfect sense, man. No, it doesn't. Don't nobody, don't nobody want to do business, man. Everybody want to deal, man. Wow, he he tried to do business, and you ain't give him what he paid for. Nah, man, I gave him my practice, and he ain't want the warranty. But we, we got hidden realms to talk about, man. The deep dive, not just in my business practices, from all the hardcore slaving on iron I've done for these colorless equipments. Man, you are not building any sympathy here. <laughs> Not for me, at least. <laughs> I hope y'all don't give him none either. No, I deserve it. Hardworking man. But in the in the case of today, what are we talking about today, man? Well, we, uh, as Tenke said, we're doing a deep dive into Forgotten Realms today. We want to uh, actually talk about some of the major success, major misses, and some of the sleepers of the set. Because we, we got a, definitely a bunch of just brand new cards and hot mechanics. You know, one thing I think we really should highlight in this set, especially after coming off of Modern Horizons 2, is that if you are looking at this set as a bust open a pack and hope to get your money back or hoping to get the most dollar signs out of this, this probably isn't the set to, to look at for that in terms of value. If you're getting a booster box and you're not really enjoying what you're pulling, if you're looking to, to flip a resale, I really advise that this is the set to kind of steer away from that from. Now, there's a lot of good stuff to play. There's a lot of playability. But in busting open multiple packs, I think more often than not, you probably won't get that price back. Probably won't. You know, that's okay. Not every set is meant for you to, like, you know, jump deep into your pockets and spend money for. Really, I always recommend every set, if you don't want to spend that money, just get the cards you want. Oh, yeah. Always just get what you like. But in the set, like I said, I think a lot of people may go and um, coming off the two strong sets that we got, you may buy a box and then realize, hmm, the value doesn't seem to be here as it was when I was pulling a $70 monkey and ping lands and such like that. But it's fine. Yeah, it's this, definitely fine. This set wasn't meant for that. Modern Horizon 2 was meant for like just kind of like nostalgia coming back full throttle, full force. It's some of, like some of the best cards in Magic, at least. So I can understand why that set was a bang for buck essentially compared to forgotten realms but that does not take away from some of the heat that forgotten realms has given us because it's given us some great cards people oh yeah and to the legacy of magic regardless of it being an intro set uh a lot of cards call back to just some of the most powerful cards in magic to be honest with you true yeah yeah you're right about that actually yeah i mean so let's get into the hits I, i'd rather go into i'm gonna go ahead and take the lead on the on the what top three that I think after looking at the whole list 
really, really set the tone of the set. And I mean, I tried to steer away from just thinking about it in the light of being a commander or whatever. I'm just thinking of playing magic in general, the cards, the playability. And my first uh, hit, I would say, if you was to look at the set, it is Circle of Dreams Druid. Um, I really was trying to steer away from crowning this card, but there's no way that I can debunk uh, having God's Crater on a stick. There's no way I could run away from the value being there. Uh, not to mention the typing, it's an elf druid. I think there's a bit of balance there, making it cost three green, because it's like, oh, it costs three green, it may not go in most green decks, right? I think that's about as much nerfage as they gave us, but then you dive a little deeper, right? You start thinking hard, and it's like, yeah. I'm more than likely going to tap this forest for two green. Yeah. This guy costs two mana for real, for real. Yeah, You know what I mean? Him being an elf and being a druid, I'm going to untap him. I'm going to get this mana off Easily. again. Uh, honestly, I think it's the perfect card in the sense of if you had to take Gaia's Cradle as a land and be like how to make it a creature and make it the most effective creature at that, you get Oracle of Dreams Druid. Easily. I think uh, when it comes to that card, I think the fact that it is a creature prevented me from like labeling it as a hit for me. Mm -hmm. Because at least with Gra Gaia's Cradle or even... Um, Rights. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even, what is it, Iclamont? Rights of Iclamont. Rights of Iclamont. Even in that enchantment, it transforms into the land. There's more protection in it being an enchantment slash land because it's not that much removal or means of removal towards those card types mm -hmm. versus a creature. So Board Wipes is going to get rid of him. Any card that deals minus X minus X is going to get rid of him. People can like now as prevalent as like gold or gold is becoming. Mm -hmm. So like I could force combat in combat. I could force you to block and it's removed. I, I definitely see. But this is where that typing thing does come into play. Because with it being an elf and being a druid, you take a mono green Azuri deck and he's easily regenerated. Oh, he's yeah, easily uh, pumping my creatures overrunning three times over. Like where he really shines at being, being good. I don't think if you were playing a green deck and you needed a slot, why not put him there? Yeah, but I could also sort it now. Why not put I him there? I could half an exile. That's half true. Exile That's now. true. So something is like he is just as, just as dangerous compared to Guy's Cradle, if not more, because now you have Guy's Cradle and can attack. And in green, you can run several strategies like overrun infect. This pure just plus one plus one counter games that makes this troublesome, yeah. but it is more interactable with. So I mean, there's a sense of balancing, but I would say with the cost in the but there's there's too much help. There's too much green untapped target creature. There's too much like fodder to make this card as broken as it needs be. But ultimately, I think with the test of time and also just price point, because uh, I don't got the coins for a guy's cradle, mm, but yeah. Circle of Dreams drew it. I, I have no problem taking that that substitution. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, in <laughs> that in that aspect, then definitely, yeah, go ahead and get him, so you don't have to break your bank getting guys cradle. So definitely a good replacement. That we'll, I think we'll see for for a little while. How was you feeling, man? Uh, for, in terms of the hits, I actually think Treasure's Chest is a major hit. It's a major success. Uh, simply because of it's a three drop. I think the fact that it's a three three drop made it extremely potent and what i mean by three drop just in case you don't know i mean it costs uh three mana to cast mm -hmm. so essentially it's uh pay four mana 
sacrifice treasure chest and roll a d20 and out of your options of like what number you get you get a certain effect so one you're gonna lose three life i believe uh and then the second range of numbers which is probably two to nine let me verify that but as i'm moving on the second effect you're either gonna you're gonna get it is two to nine it's one nine? one is if you get trapped, trapped then it's two to nine then ten to yeah and so okay on. so mm -hmm. two to nine you're gonna draw you know you get five treasures actually which is pretty cool and i believe a let uh 10 to 19 you're gonna draw three cards to get three life amazing amazing so those two right there is amazing it's just value value you really can't lose and yeah you could draw one you could roll that one but that that's the one in what 20 chance of that happening that's just insane bad luck so on average you're always going to win the value there is insane to me and if you roll a 20 then you get to search for an artifact you get to search for any card if it's an artifact i believe you get to put it onto the battlefield mm -hmm. but really that middle that middle section between oh. drawing three cards and gaining three life and creating five treasures yes is is really where the where the fuck it's at that's that's what i'm advocating <laughs> it's for Remember, really i'm advocating where every it's card at, dude. with the d20 mechanic it's the middle numbers it's not one or 20 20 is cool 20 is amazing but on average what you're gonna roll mm. you're not gonna roll a 20 on average and then thinking in the terms of recurring it as well i mean exactly. it costs four to crack but even if you whiff for example five treasures it it paid for itself exactly. if you have a means to come back and hey treasure chest has your net one the best harder to set <laughs> because remember it's three right so a lot of cards allow you to tutor for it. you can go trophy major you could go find it you can uh eternal witness Eternal Witness anything, really, but Eternal Witness is a good one. Sun Titan, so when he enters or attacks, you're going to recur it back. And remember, you sacrificed it. So if you got five treasures without any uh, token doublers, like doubling season, for example, mm -hmm. you immediately get to crack it again with Sun Titan or with Goblin Welder, who is just sacrifice one of your treasures, bring it back, use the four remaining treasures to do it again, um goblin engineer is what the slower or weaker version of goblin welder but to me it gets the job done there we go goblin if you don't know goblin engineer is going to let you get an artifact from your deck throw it into the graveyard but he has an activated ability just for one ramp one red mana sacrifice an artifact return an artifact with converted mana cost three or less to the battlefield so another goblin wielder in a sense we have Doretti Scrap Savant, the Planeswalker, who is essentially his minus two, I believe, is actually Gobby Welder's effect. So sacrifice an artifact, just sacrifice a treasure token, bring back treasure chest, do it all again. So there's a lot of value in the sense that you, the fact that it's a three mana cost artifact, and you can recur it easily. So it's a hit for me. I'm recurring it easily, and just to fix it, you know, I know Red will love some draw. I know White will like some draw. They do an amazing job of getting them artifacts back out. And like you were saying, between getting five treasures or drawing three cards, where is the loss there? Where is the loss? And some cool interactions. Uh, we have Revel in the Riches. For those who do not remember that card, it is a black enchantment, uh, one black, four generic mana. Whenever a creature or opponent control dies, create a colorless treasure artifact token. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control 10 or more treasures, you win the game. I so know, I know they weren't figuring treasures will be as hard as they are now. No. 
because that's whenever they said easy. fucking ten, way too easy. to Whenever go. they said ten, like Doc Size coming out, like I may fuck around and do this my damn self. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's hope he don't catch the band like Hall Breacher. He better uh, crouch while running. Oh my god! He better crouch while running, yeah. boy. I tell you, the, the 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 gun is hot. The gun is hot. My next one moving down on the list would have to be uh, Oswald, man. Our, our, our one drop artifact tutor. Um, one plus Oswald, the fiddle bender is going to drop for one. You can pay a white and tap him. You can only activate this as a sorcery. You sacrifice an artifact and you search your deck for an artifact with converted mana cost one plus the sacrificed artifact's power. I truly believe, you know, that we may see some cool blue moons of people running him as a commander and having him lead the deck. But I feel as a as a 99 and in terms of combo pieces, in terms of synergy pieces, if you have white, why not run Oswald? Just in the case of ensuring that I get to play with my soul ring that I bought this turn. I can sacrifice a clue, sacrifice a zero cost artifact token and go get something for one. Um, Snoga plays an Alibu deck that has some blasting station sauce in there. He can sacrifice that Boros signet and go get blasting station. Make sure that you are online. Um, just being able to do it and just because you can activate it as a sorcery doesn't mean that you can abuse them or do it multiple times in a turn. I really believe that the artifact worth and pod is gonna gonna see some big play, man. He he he's here to mm-hmm. stay. I see too many decks. I mean, for me personally, I have a Savine deck where I really like running twin and staff. And in the case of sacrificing, like I said, a signet and going to get twin and staff is is awesome. It's awesome. And getting um any of the Voltron decks that have a specific equipment that you're trying to get or getting protection. I need to put Hexproof on my commander. I need to put Hexproof on Savine. I need to, you know, he's able to search for your solutions in a way that I think is not to be underestimated. And he's cost effective. Not at all. He's not cost effective all. as hell. He reminds me of Yensen. Uh, I personally love Yensen with verse counters. He literally has the same effect, but it's for creatures. And, um, oh, actually, not the same effect. Because he has an upside to where he does not have to sack or or tribute a creature to go search for another creature. Which is why which is really the only reason why I did not put Oswald on my hit list. Hmm. Respect his power, respect the value he brings to the table. But to have to get rid of your value is a little bit it's a trade off. So what you're getting, I hope what you're getting is going to really accelerate your game. But you do have to kind of build the deck to recur what you're losing if you really want to go for like the most optimal play and that kind of begs the question for me is if oswald is better in the 99 versus leading the deck Mm -hmm. i i am personally on that side of things i think as a 99 as far as him facilitating what you need like hmm i put this artifact in here that i never get to see for a game oswald is going to make sure you get that yeah if you're somebody like me who will play 500 games and only draw a soul ring fucking four times oswald is going to make sure i up the price on that at least that i'm getting my mana fixed or if any case I think there's too many artifacts that like slot a case, like sacrificing something for four and going to get Tamio's journal or going to get Vidalkin Ori or going to get a lot of these crucial artifact cards that really can save you if you start out bad or just prepare you to be in a state where you cannot be touched. You know? Yeah. You know what's cool? A little cool interaction. You could um you could always get the Mythosin uh the lattice, lattice, Michael lattice. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turn everything to an artifact, and then that would really get Oswald alarmed because now anything could be sacked for you to go search virtually anything if you build the deck accordingly. 
when it comes to the man of credit cards. That's pretty nasty. You know, you saying that, and this is a card I'm going to bring up later, I wonder if Maskwood would have the same effect. Because making my creatures every creature type, would that count as them being artifact creatures as well? I don't think artifact is a creature type. I think it's a... Mm, um, okay. Like... I wish I had the proper word for it, but it was like maybe the classification of what that card is. Understood. Because you can't make a creature instant. For and you example. can't, but it's just weird. I think if you was the Door of Destinies, for example, right, You could you pick Artifact as a as a type, as a typing? That, I'm not sure, actually. I mean, I really think odd maybe. enough, you may be able, if, I think if you can pick it as a typing or if yeah. Artifact is classified as a typing, that's one case in itself already, too. I will definitely, I'm definitely going to look that up now. But <laughs> as I do that, I actually want to move on to another card that I think that is uh, extremely powerful. And it is the Demilich. Demilich. I'm sorry. I wish I could pronounce that right. That um, boy got diamonds in his <laughs> eyes. <laughs> he calls four blue. He's a creature, skeleton wizard. And the card text says, this spell costs one blue less to cast for each instant or sorcery spell you've cast this turn. Whenever Demolish attacks, exile up to one target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. Copy it. You may cast a copy. <sighs> you may cast Demolish from your graveyard by exiling four instant or, and or sorcery cards from your graveyard in addition to paying this other cost. I really think uh, I was a little conflicted on this because actually a part of the segment that's going to come later in this episode is that we have a list of cards that we consider sleepers or what may pe- what people may consider sleepers and not see their value off right upon set release. But I think he is extremely powerful and that I should count him on the hit list simply because he's free. If you're going to play him, then you're probably going to play him in a storm deck. You're going to play him in any deck that either casts a lot of cantrips or just, I guess, self-mills as fill of a lot of instances of sorceries. So, off-rip, I don't think mono-blue. I personally go to, is it, red and blue. So, you're going to play him in a deck that one has haste enablers. So, he doesn't have to come out summon sick. You could attack immediately. And is it colors? You're going to have several instances of sorceries in the graveyard, through whatever means. So, he is free to me in my eyes especially because it costs one less blue that was the icing on the cake yeah reduces generic not the generic the actual mana value (laughs) of the card and then you could cast them again just for the cost of exiling four instances of sorceries and a lot of storm decks after you've used your cantrip the cantrip is done so for it for you to find more value after you used what it needed you used it for what it needed to do to further whatever cause you was doing it's great that, that means your graveyard is a weapon essentially and it's still free yeah you exile four instances of sorceries but remember you're still probably going to have four instances of sorceries in your deck you're casting it for free and just to be able to cast another instance of sorcery copy it cast it again with 20 staff that triggers an additional time thousand thousand year storm thousand year storm triggers a bunch of oh, more yeah. times so I see this a strictly storm friendly deck and it's amazing. So, Snogo, let me ask you something. So, if I had the Demi-Lich, what type of card would you want to exile out of your graveyard, buddy? If any any extra turn. <laughs> any extra I'm, That's the first I'm going to go for, extra turns. If this was Family Feud, you know what? This is one of them questions that there's only one answer on the board. Because absolutely, <laughs> extra turns extra and, turn. and casting it from the exile and repeating that process is uber powerful. Yeah, because you want to attack with them as, as much as possible, right? And I think it... 
kind of weakens the deck if you try to build extra attack steps. Even though you could get a card like Seize the Day, for mm-hmm. example, that's going to give you another combat step. But just give yourself an extra turn. That there saves you from stuff ex- in there. Maybe, you know, the Obeka deck. Fuck around and get down with the Demi Lidge, Grixis Obeka on some weird, nasty, swanky shit. Yeah, probably you know? so. Because I think just having the access to some of the black cards to be able to cast oh, while yeah, while attacking yeah. really be okay. nasty, you know, yeah, really be nasty. Either further uh, proving the point that I doubt that the Demolage is a mono-colored deck or mm-hmm. mono-blue, that's not where you're going to get the power from this card. So that's why I considered it one of my hits. Nice. Uh, Moving on to, to my last hit, I think it's one of your favorite cards in the set, actually, uh, Nathan. Yes. I could not steer away from how great the Vorpal Sword's power is. So number three is going to crash in at the Vorpal Sword for me. I believe that costing is amazing on this card. One black to get this equipment on the field. Um, What the equipment does off base, I believe, is strong. Well, not really the plus two, plus oh, whatever. But given my creature Death Touch, given it this in- inherent evasion in a sense. But the big whammer really is to pay eight mana. And whenever the creature that's equipped with Vorpal Sword deals damage, that player is going to lose the game. Um, the equip cost is two black, and just in pacing it out, I believe even long games, not just commander. Commander, I believe, like you think about having Crypt Ghast on the field, turn four. This is happening to you if you don't have a blocker. You know, like you put him on the field, he's equipped, your swamps are tapping for two, four swamps, and somebody could possibly be out the game. R- ridiculous. Um, you think about a lot of cards that are able to search artifacts and things of that nature. Um, you can search the artifact. I already have it prepared. I already have it ready. Um, the first person I thought about when looking at this on the commander scope of things was a Kyrick, who I believe lets you pay for any black mana symbol as though it was Phyrexian mana. So in a sense, Vorpal Sword will cause two life to put down on the field, four life to equipped. It'll take 12, uh, six to 12, no, is it four? Is it eight to kill somebody? Well, I think it's eight. I think it's uh, nine now, actually. What? I believe what? it's uh, the killing ability on uh, Vorpal Sword. Oh, Vorpal Sword, I believe it's three black and two wow. generic. Because it costs... Two, four, six, so six. No, 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 because it costs... It's four. Seven, I believe. Oh, wow, I thought it cost eight. I'm I thought it was five and three. No, I believe it cost seven. But continue on with your point. But the fact that you could reduce that to just be life at a point... Uh, to where the killing effect of Volposaur with Kyrick on the field, whether Kyrick is the commander of the deck or he's just on the field for the sake of purposes, five generic mana will it be It does the, cost eight. Wow. It's three uh, black and five generic mana. So five generic mana is coming out here and killing somebody with this dude on the field. Uh, I think in the terms of modern games, say you're playing tabletop and you've gone through board wipe apocalypse after apocalypse after apocalypse and you're top decking and i put vulpal sword on this one one human soldier i got hella mana and nothing else to do with it i may just be able to kill this dude maybe able to kill somebody i just see long game pacing like if you get it i wouldn't see myself drawing the sword and being like god damn it i really wish i got something else like i could know this is somebody's life in my hands at a certain point of the game so i, I had to give it to the card man i think Time will tell, but it's going to be something good. I'm going to go down in history of claiming that Warper Sword is one of my favorite cards ever to grace the game of Magic <laughs> the Gathering. Okay. <laughs> but I will say that I think the power of Warper Sword actually lies in Mardu, 
red mm. wine and black i wouldn't recommend going mono black unless you're gonna go with 10k's idea unless you're gonna go keurig if you're gonna go keurig why not it's cheaper to activate the credit man i mean to activate it costs because to me in mono black if you're gonna spend eight mana why spend eight mana on removing a player if you could have built the deck options to remove two players or remove everyone or just to advance your board state tremendously to where it will set up the win next game i can definitely smell that especially with that damn torrent the damn, you know, you pay either you're gonna sacrifice exactly, yeah. or take three or oh yeah. Yeah, like why not do that? Yeah, put that eight man in there. <laughs> but to make it the most optimal thing in the your, your deck, Wolf of Sword, I would I personally would have recommended it as your way to win. But in Mardu, we have white, so we can search for it. We can open the armory, we can still shape this gift, we can stone forge mystic, we can get warp of sword whenever we want, essentially. And then in red, we have haste enablers. So that's great. When it's on the field and we equip it, at least the death touch is immediately working for us. But I recommend red being introduced into this card or just in- introduced into the deck you put this card into because of the extra attack steps. Mm. What's better than like player removal? You spending that eight mana to remove everybody because you have multiple attack steps. And so I recommend Martu because I have a commander in mind. It is Sir Gwen, Hero of Ashvale. So she's Mardu at three generic. She has Vigilance, Menace. She's a legendary creature, Human Knight. Whenever equipped creature you control attacks, you draw a card and you lose one life. Equip Equipment you control have equipped Knight Zero. So essentially, essentially, if your creature's a knight, you can attach Vorpal Sword to it for free. And even though the equip cost is not like hefty, the fact that we can save mana on that, we have white, so we have Cigar's Aid, we have the new class, Fighter class, which is essentially Cigar Aid when you get to level three. And we have um, creature cards like Arden, who allows you to, to move all equipments to one creature for free uh, at pre-combat step. We have Pure Steel Paladin that essentially makes equipment calls free. We have Thanadar, Caspian Paragon equipment cost is one less cheaper. When it comes to white and just Mardu, it's already built or developed towards equipments. Mm-hmm. So we allow it to make it more optimal. We're gonna get multiple attack steps. We're gonna possibly move multiple players. I and I really think uh, you uh, highlighting multiple attack steps is the best thing because you pay that cost and I'm making sure that I'm getting the most effective thing out of this one cost. That is way better because this is what the black thing lies. We get the efficiency in Carrick, you know what I'm saying? Oh, this didn't cost anything. But you get more so the long game efficiency that's where I can kill one player and I still have to wait for my next turn to pay this eight mana and do it again. To where, like you said, um, you come out, you activate uh, that drop Aurelia, and it's looking bad for somebody. Exactly. It's looking real bad for somebody, actually. And uh, to just further drive the nail in, we're in white, so if anybody does remove Warful Sword, we have the means to recur. It's, it's just a one drop, so Suntime is going to get it for us. We're in red, so Goblin Welder is going to get it for us. We, we're we not really losing when it's destroyed. If anything, we're plusing because the opponent has wasted a resource. It's so and to take to it, even, even, even a stretch forward, if you are that guy, even if it gets exiled, you have a means to get it back. Exactly, white. 
you got a means to get it back. So I, I think the power in this equipment is you have to go more do. I, I would say I wanted to just, you know, dial it down and say Boros, but Warped Toy is black. So, <laughs> and who, you're not running That's there, love right there. Right? <laughs> and you, you're not, you're not, um, you're not running like a Ozov deck that's equipment based. Like, honestly. Yeah, no. Nah. So I'm not gonna Shit, recommend no. Ozol for Warpal Sword. Nor Rakdos. Even though you I feel like you can make it work better than Ozol. But why not just add white? I I agree. I agree. Like I said, you got me sold at the most poor combat steps. Like I said, I'm paying this one time and I may just finish out the game here. Exactly. Maybe. I may just finish the game out right here. So um the next card, at least from my hit list. Okay. I, you know, originally as we started recording, I was gonna say, old Narbonne, simply for one combo. It's him and Academy Manufacturer. The fact that all no old Narbonne was printed made me feel Academy Manufacturer is gonna be banned, simply because like he's gonna create treasure tokens based off how much damage you dealt that turn. And Academy Manufacturer says if you would create one treasure create that one including a food token and a clue token so a lot of problems that which is very few in green is that when you're excelling you're not going to be excelling in multiple avenues at least early games so if you're going to have high ramp that means you probably exhausted your hand so what makes you deadly is if you are able to draw with Old Narbone plus Academy Manufacturer, not only am I able to generate uh, heaps of mana, I can then crack my clues to draw. And if someone does have me on the defenses because I have low life total, I could crack my food tokens for life. And then you can start including cards like Aspiring Sanctuary plus any big green X spells like Finale of Devastation. Mm. And now you're just... The value there is too insane for me to like not include all old Narbonne, but he could easily be an honorable mention because, as my co host 10k revealed to me, that we have Tiamat. So, why not just include Tiamat? Who could get you old Narbonne? Can uh, Tiamat is definitely the honorable mention just off the strength of you can't undermine refilling your grip, searching for five dragons to put into your hand that aren't named Tiamat to get ready to go. One of them, like uh, Snoga said, could be Old Gnawbone. Uh Tiamat isn't leading the deck, but whether you're Team Ur-Dragon or Team Scion, Tiamat's definitely there to be like, I got what you need. I can make sure <laughs> that you go get what you need, you know. Um, it's like the candy lady in the neighborhood. Right, though. And you think about Lil' Kalya, one of the cards, you know, yeah. with pack tactics. You know, I'm going to search these cards. Lo and behold, please don't let Lil' Kalia be on the field because if I drop Tiamat, he has pack tactics. And now I'm dropping old Nabon, dropping yeah. this douchebag who's about to <laughs> <laughs> about to make so much treasures, man. And one thing that you were saying about Academy Manufacturer, just the way it's worded, so a 4-4 is putting damn 12 things on the field, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, right. Uh, because with Lone is the, uh, zoo, the zoo cryptologist, mm -hmm. if I was to make two clues... I would get two treasures. But the fact that Gnawbone's crazy ass, if a creature would deal damage, make that many treasure tokens. Many treasure tokens. A 4-4 four, four swinging in, that one instance of damage is a treasure. 
manufacturer triggers and here come the other two and this is going to happen as many times as there is one instance of damage and that's crazy and you've already shown me synergies which you know tap two untapped artifacts and you know what i'm saying so even if i don't want to crack them for the three life or whatever i could use use these for something clock of omen it's all sorts of uh like janky strategies we can Mm -hmm. go with just using these tokens lo and behold shit if you got my boy in there oswald coming in i don't know you ain't got shit to do with this uh food but you'll take a soul ring, won't you? <laughs> Definitely. See, and that's why uh, I said Oswald is way better in the 99. Because mm-hmm. you would run like Selesnia for something like that. And that's cool. But um, if I could like replace what I was, like if I wouldn't say old Narbonne is a hit, I definitely would um, kind of upgrade Wizard Spellbook. That was personally one of my favorites. And also I think it's a sleeper. I think people may be a little turned off that it's worth like seven mana. And it only activates at sorcery speed. But I, I just see that as balancing for the card. I think the card is extremely powerful still. You can easily cheat it out for one. You're in blue. So you have reshape. You have, which is better because reshape lets you get it from the deck. You have fabricate, which will let you search for it. You have master transmu- uh, transmutator, which lets you cheat it out on the field if you just bounce an artifact on the mm-hmm. field to your hand. Cost one blue to do that. And then why would you only run it in mono blue? I'm a big advocate for color combinations. So why not run it in Is It, for example, where some of the best instances of sorceries are in those colors? I mean, you can run it for black. Those are great as well. You can run it for white. Cool. Any color combination you want, really. But red lets you cheat out artifacts. So that's why I keep mentioning Is It. So then you get to make copies of it. Why not go get Mirrorworks, for example? Why not go... You could use Tarnos, who lets you copy, trigger, or activate abilities or artifacts. You get Rings of Bright Herb. Same thing as Tarnos, but just pay two. It is also artifact that worth three, so that's easily recoverable itself. And then you can get Phyrexian Metal Morph. You can get Clever Impersonator. The list of just, so what is sorcery speed? You can make several copies of this and use its effect, which is great. So... I would agree that the is it instance and sorceries. Um, what other place are you gonna get that type of storm value? Uh, I have a storm deck myself. Is it storm deck? And there are too many synergies just between you casting multiple instance and sorceries, whether they be red or blue, that'll lead you into more chaotic things happening. Like for example, you have the rousing refrains or the mana geyser to give you mana to cast the big crazy blue spells that are gonna come through and either give you a regrip of the hand or really give you extra turns or a hold on the game. So as far as colors are concerned, I really even wouldn't have saw it for cheating the artifact out. I'm honestly just like, fuck it, I'll play the artifact, but between this red and blue shit I have in here, I'm really going to get down with it. So yeah, it would have really escaped me to even be like, I'm about to get this out here for free. I'll draw it, I'll get down with it, but get to the effects, man. Wizard Spellbook is an artifact, two blue, five generic mana. Tap, exile target, is the sorcery card from your graveyard, roll a d20, activate only as a sorcery. One through nine, you copy that card, you may cast a copy. 10 through 19, copy that card. You may cast a copy by paying one mana rather than paying this mana cost. And if you roll the nat 20, copy each card exiled with Rizzit's spellbook. You may cast any number of the copies without paying their mana cost. So as I was saying, you make it all sorts of copies of just Wizard's spellbook. You're upping your chances of actually rolling that nat 20, which is going to be a beautiful turn. But then 
you're like just value it. You're just increasing your value and your chances of winning because what kind of card are you going to copy when you exile it's their sorcery? Like I said earlier, target the extra turns. Why not target time warp? And another thing too, with the card saying to copy as much, um, Magecraft I really believe is such a such a powerful keywording on a card. And Magecraft states whenever you cast or copy an uh, instant or sorcery, you'll get some sort of effect. So you can have Magecraft draw a card, which means casting or copying an instant or sorcery will trigger me co- uh, drawing a card. In any case where I'm using the spell book and I get the copy, that's automatically a Magecraft trigger from a plethora of different cards that are gonna be helpful to me um whether it's zafa the new magecraft commander who's out there Ryuna, a magecraft card that allows you to make uh, get more tokens onto the field um the dwarf the storm killing orf that has magecraft create a treasure token just off of you plussing off the spell book getting more mana for you to cast more spells and pop more uh spell books is ridiculous and the value shouldn't be understated not at all and if I can, I really uh, want some more Magecraft cards. No lie, man. I'm, please, I'm please, on those. No, please, I'm a, no Magecraft. Please, let's get was, some more. Y'all Mage, were wilding. No, yeah, they were busted. Nah, uh, thank you, Wizards, but please, no more of that. <laughs> oh my God, Storm, Storm was a problem already, in my opinion. And the love, the love, because we may not have shouted out the sorcerer class, but Demi Lich and sorcerer class is gonna come out and do 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 numbers. Horrible. Do numbers because sorcerer class at level two will actually have you. Well, it won't because Demi Lich is a creature, but it's gonna have you cast the instant of sorceries. Never mind, yep. never mind. It all roads lead back. That's horrible. Um, I think that's a good good set of hits between the both of us, man. I have one more actually. Uh, oh, hold on. Yeah. Drop drop jewels then. So, uh, love spider queen, Ooh. the mono black planeswalker. I think her static ability is insane. I don't know why Wizards thought that would be, like, something balanced to print, but I'm kind of here for it. So, if for those who do not know, her static ability says, whenever a creature control dies, put a loyalty counter on her. That's, um, I just want to point out, it says that mm-hmm. when a creature dies. So, it's not non-token, it's not token Pacific, it's just any creature. And that's why I think she's insane, because she comes out already as a four. By the way, she's a five drop, two black and three generic. She comes out with four loyalty counters already. So all you need to do is have four creatures die before you use her ability and you can get your emblem. But before we get to that, she has zero ability is you draw a card, you lose one life. Her minus three ability is create two, two, one black spider creature tokens with menace and reach. And then her minus eight, you get an emblem with whenever opponent is dealt combat damage. By one or more creatures you control, if that player lost less than eight life this turn, they lose life equal to the difference. So, we're really going to abuse the emblem here. It's very easy to get to eight loyalty counters with her static ability. Just run like an aristocrat deck, aristocrat friendly deck. So, we're going to have Blood Artist, we're going to have uh, Zulapart Cutthroat. Mm-hmm. With any like sack outlet, so Versia Seer, for example. We could use Ashdon's Altar, which I have a cool little janky combo with that coming up in a second. But it's very easy to get to that emblem and then start dealing, like, just maximum damage because all you got to do is ping somebody for one life. Yes. Maybe that's all you could do. At the end of the turn, they're going to lose eight. Or they're going to lose the difference. So, essentially, mm-hmm. you lost eight that turn. But and if you was to attack them with two one ones, they would lose 16. No? No, no, because no, uh, it's just total. So, if they've lost oh, less than okay. eight that turn. Okay. So, you don't have to build, like, a board state or even, like, invest too much 
that would leave yourself vulnerable because you mm. want to keep your blockers, you want to keep your creatures, you don't want nothing happening because you're attacking. Ooh, shout out to the clarification because my ass was thinking I'm about to attack with three two twos and do like 24 damage. That, that, that was greedy <laughs> 10k. Once yo, again, yo. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> so, no, that's why like. I, I thought like aristocrat because all I gotta do is just one one little damage. I don't even have to waste no more resources like trying to assure people are being hurt each turn. Just one little Zulaport save my resources. Don't expose myself to potentially being you know on the crackback, and you're going to lose eight. And then if you just invest other cards like Wound Reflection, for example, which is a five uh, for veteran mana cost enchantment, one black for generic, if the uh, if the uh, opponent would have lost life that turn, I believe they lose that life again. Ooh. So if they lost eight, now they're losing sixteen okay. total. Okay, that's still pain, big pain. Exactly. You can have mind crake uh, type of examples in there. Whenever the opponent would lose a life, they mill that, that type of card. Nasty. That mill they would mill x amount of cards equal to the life they lost. You can run uh, exquisite blood. So whenever an opponent loses life, you gain life. I am not gonna recommend the infinite. I'm a big fan of no infinites, but Y'all know Infinite with Exquisite Blood. And then, but the cool, janky little combo, which is funny enough, is just to speed yourself up to the Emblem, but you could use it as an Infinite of some sort. You have Grave Titan. So Grave Titan, when he enters, is make a make two, two, two zombie tokens. Or if he also attacks, that effect happens again. So you just equip him with Nim's Death Mantle, which is you pay for and when this creature dies, you can bring it back to the field. So if you have Ashnot's Altar plus Nim's Death Mantle plus Grave Titan, you just killed three creatures. Or ra- yeah, you killed three creatures because you would have sack him and his tokens to generate six mana, spend four of it, bring them back. That's going to speed you up to Lost Spider-, Spider Queen's ability. What you really want to do is load her up with so many loyalty counters, though, that you could just minus three from that point onward and make more creature tokens. So that's my little combo with her. I think nice. that's why she's amazing. She's lit. From the static ability and, you know, you know I like that zero. That, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, lose zero. one, draw one. Come on, man. Yeah. That is sick. That is sick. Yeah, she would have been even more busted if it said target player draw a card and lose a life. Or if it said that other shit I was talking about, boy, like not, not whatever inches, instance. Not that. You only dealt two, take eight. How about eight, my boy? <laughs> <laughs> uh awesome. I think awesome hit list. Uh I think we should take in and dive into some of our, our personal top fives. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? And also uh list what is our favorite from the top five that we that we pick. So uh, my first card on my list, and this card is actually, I'm going to go ahead and get it out the way. This card is actually my favorite card out of the set. It's uh, Treasure Fault, the, the artifact land. Just the pure strength of it being an artifact land is so strong to me. Um, It's a land card, so of course the top part, you tap it, you add one colorless there. Woohoo. But you pay double X to sacrifice the Treasure Vault and create X amount of treasures. Um, we've talked a lot about artifact recursion already previously in the episode and off the strength of recurring this land multiple times. And even if it nets you treasures, you using those treasures to eventually net you more treasures upon recursion, I believe is too strong. Uh, time will tell uh, landfall decks, lands that have you, uh, that have the uh, crucible of, of the world's type effects to play it from the graveyard. Um, 
Snoga has been firsthand my my theater at seeing how some of these artifact lands can really boost the uh, synergy of artifact cards of just an artifact deck. So I think this is especially with it producing more treasures and stuff for you. It's an artifact land itself, right? Yes. So then you could get a prototype portal, I believe, and keep it. Just yeah, keep them flooded out. You can keep making treasure. Because <sighs> it's not a legendary lair, right? No. Yeah, you could keep making treasure vaults with that. <sighs> for zero. I, I I tell you, man, give me the Jergens. Give me all that needs oh. to be gotten. I really. The tunnels can uh, copy it because it's an artifact. Put it in there. Put it in there. I want to see it happen. Yeah. I want to see it happen. I mean, I'm this close to just getting a playset, you know, that you will hear uh, 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 by singles. If there's a single that I'm going to get, Treasure Vault is definitely going to be one of them. And too many decks. Uh, I like all of the treasure support as a whole. And I think a land that actually facilitates you getting treasures at your cost. I mean, a green deck is going to plus more than others. But whether you're recurring, you're not losing with this card. You're not losing. It's fixing. Say if you need other colors, I've definitely been strapped for either two or one of my colors who hasn't been. Treasure Vault can come through, create these treasures, and give you that fixing that you would need to look for. Uh, so definitely my my top card and my favorite card out of the set is this artifact land, funny enough. You know, it's funny that you said, like, being strapped for land because one of my favorite cards actually was Wish. It's a uh, two commander uh Mana, converted mana cost spell, red. I believe there's one red mm -hmm. and one generic. And this lets you play a card outside of the game that you own. From exile, you love them type of cards, right. boy. I think that card is, like, cool. It also just really valuable in the sense that I would play that just for land whenever I was, like, of course you could play for anything else, but you could play it for land whenever your mana screwed because it says play normally like i think cards like that say cast mm -hmm. if they're even legal in commander so the fact that they say play is amazing it's red you can put it in like a riku of the two reflections copy it that's more mana you can play any deck with storm unless you copy tons of different tiles i know we keep mentioning the storm but storm i mean to, let's love. throw something new out there think about escape escape like oh. if you had underworld breach yes, or yeah. and now i get to pull back that heat that i can yep. cast again come on man so that's it's amazing it. that uh, I can play land. So that's one of my favorites, actually. Awesome. Uh, taking it back to, uh, like you were saying about the cast treasure, I thought about the mono blue merfolk, the chick with the sword that lets you cast oh, yeah. artifacts. It says cast yeah. specifically. So in my awesome treasure vault world of me hoping that I could play this card again with her, I can't do that because it says cast. Now, had she have said play artifact card, which I believe Dakon, uh, from Modern Horizons 2 does say you can play the card, I could end up recurring the Treasure Vault, I okay. believe. Uh, moving to number two, it's actually a class card, man. It's a class card, and I'm going to have to give it to Boros, man. The Fighter class Boros. is one of my top five cards in the set just because when you think about Lorehold and Boros and what they've been doing with <laughs> with equipments and, and all this stuff. Interrupt. You want to explain why you say Lorehole? Lorehole slash Boros. Because Lorehole came in and gave this shit life, man. So I'm not going to disrespect Boros because I love Ravnica. But Boros was lost out here until Lorehole came out. So the college came out and gave them direction. District Haven <laughs> said Lorehole definitely, like, to both of us, like, took a, a great shot at just fixing the color combination man gave you some direction man go down this path and this is you this is for you right here you red and white get some some artifacts and equipments man you you exile and stuff let me give you some exile 
You Value. moving some? Let, let let me plus for you. You know how many times you have to. You know how like boros are just in red general or white. You know how you have to flood your deck with like mana rocks. Let's make sure you have some value off of that in right. some form or fashion. Right, and give you give you multiple cards to be able to do that. And the class, it coming in at two, uh, red and white, it coming in and tutoring for you and equipment is already awesome. Uh, am I got to put this down and go ahead and get Sword of Feast for Famine? I am. I'm going to go ahead and get the business. Um, You level it up at three, and it makes all of your equip costs static across the board um two less so that sort of feast and famine that i just got the last turn is only going to equip for one right now that is fire but really the last ability i think sums the whole card up in an amazing way because you get to choose your blocks whenever a creature would attack you can select another creature you don't control to assign damage uh to block to it you can either do this two ways of having my souped up equipped creature remove something that needs to get away from my opponent's board or if I'm attacking with a super equipped creature and I have a lot of fodder, I can have my opponents block my fodder and let my souped up creature just swing on through. Uh, the last effect being that whenever a creature attacks, I'm already any any swinger, anybody who's going sideways is giving me the option of you won't block this or you'll actually block this. And being able to shift blocks in this case and swing in for the damage, because that's all it really comes down to with the lower hole shit, right? I want to get this damage in. Yeah. And any turn that you weren't getting that damage in is probably pushing on your negative benefit later on in the game. So as a whole, uh, all three of the level ups, I, I really think the fighter class came through with just some more love for that lower hole, man. Some I'm more actually love. glad you corrected me on that on the fighter class. I claimed this last ability was like Cigar's eight. Um, sometimes, you know, with most equipments, I play so many of them, mm. the equip class is like two. So it's middle ability. It's level two is it uh, reduces the cost by two. Mm -hmm. So since I like just on average, that's the case. I just my mind kind of just. Oh, you thought because. Oh, okay. yeah. Shit. Close but, enough. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough, man. Shit. But um, another one of my favorite actually is a uh, bag of holding. That's really just because of like big flavor one there mm. Um, in D&D, which is. Forgotten Realms is based off of. There tends to always be an item of like some type of variance called bag of holders. It may have another name, but the effect is like an infinite bag. So essentially, just all your stuff is there. Either it has a, it can have a limit space, but like the good shit is like just an infinite bag of just holding. Get you know, hence the name. But even then, it does have some value. And I really think the value is in the sense of just red and boros or lorehold, because a lot <laughs> of the times <laughs> we're looting, right? So that's looting is essentially we draw a card, discard a card. So we can lose value in discarding for the sake of drawing better or just thinning the deck so we can have more consistency because boros has a, a, a tendency not to be able to draw well, your brick easily. So to be able to loot with an assurance, because Battle Hogan says whenever you would uh, discard a card, exile it instead. Or rather, exile it once it's discarded. That does mean something there. So uh, you can crack it and recur all the exile cards from Bag of Holders effect and put it back into your hand. So whenever, you know, it is time that you need to get something that is in exile because you do know what you're exiling, it could just be beneficial long game. So that's why I kind of like it. It's one of my favorite cards.
Or yeah, the the pick up and go, especially like you said, just the looting effect of me losing something, knowing oh I re- didn't really lose it. I don't know how many times I've had to draw and discard, and it's like damn, I really don't want to get rid of this card. Exactly. And having the ability to be like, you know what, I have no problem getting rid of this card because I can get it back whenever I feel like it. Even if somebody takes the whole, I'm gonna get rid of your bag, so you can't. I'll, I'll respond. Yeah, I I, I, I I will get my uh, get everything. It honestly doesn't even behoove of somebody to stop you. And if it's a waste. Not, if you're not like exiling it, I'll recur. It just costs one to cast. Here we go, recursion. Because uh. <laughs> it says exiled with bag of holding, so bag of holding is still a thing. It still has that identity. I believe the way that phrase it works. Because it's like Marisol. If you um, mm. no, well, because Marisol does put cage counters on it though, so I might be wrong with that. Oh no, no, it's like uh the new Tibble from Caldehem. You're able to cast anything exiled with Tibble's effect. Okay. So okay. Yeah. Nice. So even if Tibble's removed and you recast it or blink it or whatever, you still can cast those cards. So same with Bag of Holding. Nice. Nice. You 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 done converted me a little bit, man. I ain't think it was bad, but I, I see a little. I see no, a little, yeah, I, I see. The I see. Vibe. I see a little bit of soft <laughs> now. I see the. I see the the, the, the delicacy. Uh, my number three is kind of a little um, a little free in a sense, but my number three is little Calia, man. The, the 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 minion of the mighty as he is officially known but minion of the mighty has pack tactics if you're attacking with six power or greater this effect is going to go off and he says you can put a dragon from in your hand onto the battlefield tapped in attacking uh with all of the support that dragons has gotten in the dungeons and dragon set ironically enough um he's really going to show out i think dragons have wanted something like this for a little bit and you know, Dragon Master Outcast, move out the way. I'm about to make some make some heat out here. Because just you, for example, the example we had earlier, just you dropping Tiamat and already putting pack tackets online after searching four or five dragons, one of which, since you're attacking with Minion of the Mighty, is going to drop down and be swinging, is, is some value that I can't really be like, nah, that's just okay. If that would happen to me, I'll be pissed. I will be hot. Not even gonna <laughs> lie. And I mean, he only costs one red. He has, uh, I believe, he has Manache. Does he have Manache? Does he have Manache? He don't got Manache. He no, just got he pack does. tactics. Either way, he just costs one. He says zero one. But him swinging and really, there's just too many combos. Too much love for dragons out here in the set. Too much continual love for dragons. Since I would say the Ur Dragon, that really will have this card shine. And if you're running a dragon deck, why don't you have him in the deck? Yeah, why not? That's <laughs> why? a little weird. I I would I kind of lose respect. <laughs> Personally, he actually does have Manache. Come on, yeah. bro. So see, I'm out here with no power, but motherfuckers don't want to fuck with me. That's what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So he's he's sliding in at number three for me. Uh, if you have a dragon deck, minion of the mighty. Uh, you got ninety nine to fifty nine more cards yeah. to go in the deck. I actually had a third favorite, but it, you know, in the midst of talking, I had to upgrade it. Wizard Spellbook was one of my favorites, but I already discussed that. What I forgot to mention though was Marisol. Marisol with Wizard Spellbook, put a cage counter on that. You get rid of the whole sorcery speed problem. Granted, you can still only activate it at that because that's Marisol has to listen to that part of the text. But you can just blink them. Anybody that's played Marisol. You know how Marisol works. Uh, since we're talking about your boy, I might as well slide in with my number four because thinking about your boy and this card really has me like 
Oh my freaking goodness. Um, the new Grizzle Brand plus Necropotence, Ozymandias, the the Devil God, with the binding contract. If you would draw a card instead, exile it and lose one life. You can pay three black to draw seven cards. Uh, I forgot what its costing was on the final effect, but you can pay a cost to return all of the exile cards back to your hand. Now, you would be like, well, I don't want to keep losing life and exiling my cards. Well, you don't have to whenever you have Miracil because I'm just going to slap this guy in the graveyard, put a cage counter on him. And now Miracil doesn't have the binding contract part of the uh, situation where, oh, I have to exile my cards face down. Miracil's just going to say pay three. And here you go. Here's seven cards, man. It's actually one black to return all cards exiled. Okay. One black to return all cards exiled to the owner's hand. You lose that much life. Mm. Well, why would you even do that second part where you can just pay three and draw seven cards? Exactly. Just pay uh, three and draw seven cards. Mirror Seal with the cage counter. There's a mono black ooze card that gets the activated abilities of the creatures that you control. Uh, you can get that same effect off this ooze to just pay three and draw seven. And I think. He escapes. What else? What else do you have to say? That's kind of all she wrote there. I mean, Grizzlebrand is banned off of this straight fact of paying seven life and drawing seven cards. So what is three black? Three Not black good. is almost like saying what is five green because you know it's just like two lands exactly, in a sense, you know. Right? Like yeah. don't ever use like that reasoning to like balance a card, but at least those two colors. Those two <laughs> colors are notorious for like the main right. generation it can make. Right, uh, and if we're gonna take it back, just let's let's shit on Nawbone just a little bit more. Even though you're a cool card, I'm just saying Nawbone. <laughs> but you cost seven. It's like he costs seven. He costs a lot. He's in green. Exactly. He costs four lands. That's nothing. Nothing. That's nothing. Nothing at all. One of my favorite cards was actually, it's kind of hard to choose amongst the classes, like, which one I'm going to pick. But, but Barbarian class is one of my favorites, just because it's just, it's amazing. This first level, you get the roll with advantage, or, or let me read the card text. If you would roll one or more dice, instead roll that many dice plus one and ignore the lowest roll, that's rolling with advantage. That That's amazing, because every other card we talked about that featured the D20 or any uh, dice roll because there are like d12s as being introduced in this set we have a second shot at it which is great so when we are cracking like i said with treasure chest you can't lose you really can't lose i doubt once again unless you know you've angered the magic gods you're gonna roll <laughs> two ones so that that alone is cool but it's level two. Whenever you roll one or more dice, target creature you control gets plus two and gains menace until the end of turn. That's great. That's cool. Especially in the Mardu deck, that would be amazing. You really want to hit with Warpal Sword. And then it's my uh, level three. Creatures you control have haste. Great. It's uh one drop, one red mana. It's level two. It's two mana, one red, one generic. It's level three. It's one red mana, two generic. You're going to get haste pretty, fi- uh, pretty fast just for five mana or six mana total if you want to count the cast of cost as the enchantment. You just get braids of fire, I believe. That's what it's called. The enchantment mm, that lets you, let you yep. generate one uh, red man that has upkeep. Cumulative upkeep. So you're yeah. going to get one more each time. So it starts out with one. You'll yeah. get two. You'll get three. You'll just have mana to spin at a certain point in time. I don't know about you. I've played that card several times in my past and find myself not knowing what to do with the mana. Sometimes. I am actually with you. I'm trying to think about maybe with Bergy on the field. Oh, yeah, Maybe, cool. you know, front face yeah. Bergy. Bergy's like, I'm going to at least transition you to yeah. your next phase with it. That's so, probably what it yep. did. Yeah. Yep. At least to hold it. But or unless you had some crazy deck, you know, yeah. Teamer and you got Crufix. <laughs> you fucking got nine men on the Tucket. 
Each so, up, keep fire. <laughs> opening hand, two two mountains, braze of fire, and barbarian clash of creatures coming out with haste. And, and uh, guaranteed, like, turn four. And the cost in the barbarian cast is, is fire. Yeah. You know, just cost one to drop it down and already give you that front text, as you were saying, that roll four advantage is already like, bet, this is awesome. And I don't see why you would play it and never want to give your creatures haste. Right. There's actually a card I'm going to get to later on in the sleepers that I think with haste, this is almost, shit, may have put it close to a hit, to be honest with you. Yeah. Even in not having haste, I believe the card is strong, but you getting its effect immediately off rip, I think, is really what's going to come and be like, you know what? If this level two is stronger, I'll consider it a hit. Because this is whatever you roll one or more. So it's not giving you yeah. plus two for each D20 you're rolling. You know, that's definitely the thought I had whenever I did it. So that's kind of... Mm, yeah. mm, but I think with the... It only costs two to level up, right? Well, it but it gives you menace. Up. It gives you... Men- gives even, you Menace. You know, as I said that, I thought about everything <laughs> I said with just treasure chests and the ability to just recur it so easily. Mm. So I'll be rolling several D20s if I get my way with it. So and yeah. I mean you protecting your creatures. You're yeah. protecting your creatures. I think that Menache is a little hey man. Oh, but it says target creature. It's okay. If it said creatures, I'll definitely oh, it's target, be yeah, you can, target creature. Name? But that's not too bad because you can stack it. No? You give them plus four. You get yeah, you can stack yeah. it. But what's better than one creature getting strong? Everybody. Uh yo, can't can't beat you there. There you go. I'm rubbing, I'm rubbing moments. off on you, huh? I have rubbing off on you. I mean this is red. We need it. <laughs> Fair All enough. Right. Uh, my last one is actually a card that we talked about uh, in the first episode. Um, I'm going to say the deck of many things, man, is my number five coming in and killing I don't blame it. You. I really think that, you know, there's certain decks and certain strategies. Like, I think I thought of Tiny Bones. I thought about all the cases where I'm cool with not having a hand and me rolling this D20 and putting somebody's life in my hand. And much like um, Treasure Chest, the in-between effects is heat. It's not just getting this D20 and getting yeah. the, the, the win con effect. But um, I believe you get to draw two, ditch two. Um, you get to pull a random card from your graveyard. You get some pseudo recursion in a sense. But it gives you options, and it puts a, a win state on the card. Uh, glad they made it legendary. I can't just have hella decks of many things out on the field. But if you could, if I could try at this 20 too many times, it'll it'll be sick. It'll be sick. But there's too many Rakdos, whether it's mono black discard, Rak- Rakdos discard, um, I like the fact that the card feeds itself. You know, it, you don't really get that 20 effect unless you have no cards in hand because the two to activate is sacred. Uh, you take the result of the dice roll and you subtract the number of cards that you have in hand in order to get your result. So unless yeah. you have zero cards in hand, you roll the 20 minus zero cards in hand, you'll get that effect. But the balancing in between, is, it's nice. It's nice. I really like the card. Yeah, the one to nine is return a card at random from your graveyard to your hand mm-hmm. and the 10 to 19 is draw two cards i would say i'd rather draw three and gain three life right. but i ain't gonna be mad at drawing two cards you know <laughs> since, since that's what you're gonna give me yeah I, i'd rather the say i'm telling you treasure chest best card hey to say. come on a um, good one you know, 10K, I guess he could, like, see the future because another favorite of mine was just Vorpal Sword. So, <laughs> we already discussed that. Hey, give it up, man. So, um, yeah, let's let's move on to give it honorable up. mentions. Although several cards have been mentioned so far. Right. Honorable mentions from this set. Um, you know, I, I'll leave you to go into a lot of detail. I'm, I'm going to give a blanket honorable mention. I would say all of the dragons, in a sense, have got... Get an honorable mention for me. 
um except for Nawbone. Nawbone's too good. But Super Saiyan Shivan Dragon, um, Inferno <laughs> Sky that comes in and if it goes to twenty, it deals twenty to somebody. That is absolutely Super oh yeah. Dragon. Super Saiyan Shivan Dragon is is the dream come true. And he got haste. Yes, I'm coming in and I'm swinging. And you know the fact that you don't have to pour. 20 red mana into him i could already have him big as hell he could be equipped in whatever way i could have him at 19 pay one red mana and deal 20 to somebody else you want to know what else is cool Same. talk to him he can't be countered oh i'm here yeah he's he's landed. oh i'm here he is landed. so you don't know how many cards you don't know how many times oh. i've had gold span in hand and been like unless somebody has vincent ah okay just return it. you like, would be that guy It'll be you. <laughs> it will be you. Uh, so, I mean, for my honorable mentions, we have Teleportation Circle. Uh, I thought it was cool that it was just essentially like Conjurer's Closet or Thassa, but like cheaper in terms of man- converted man cost, even though it is equal to Thassa, the new Thassa. And it's white. So it's like we just have another means of like blink in that color which funny funny that Snoga actually feels like um this is an honorable mention for us cuz you know moving into our next segment I definitely got some stuff to say about teleportation circle but but great card. Either way, you know, you're giving it a shine. It deserves it. Yeah, yeah. It deserves it. Look at it, man. And, and what's going to help is with that uh Nadar legendary creature whenever he attacks or enters the field, venture into the dungeon. Mm. I I think it on making like a deck of that. So that's pretty cool. He's, he just came out and said he's the Dragon Knight. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Another honorable mention is Zorn, I believe. X-O-R-N, the red. Oh, if you would create treasures, just get one more. Exactly. You know, pseudo gold spin. And the one thing I think magic, a lot of people will learn to appreciate in magic is that the power of one more or one less is not to be understated man you know if if your commander's been blown up hella times and it's like i'm one off a commander tax you can say thank you to zorn and also his costing is dope too he's two in a red i thought he was a bit more expensive but two in a red to come in and kind of double your treasure tokens you think about academy manufacturer again so she but i'm saying a manufacturer yeah like i mean manufacturer needs to be bad but yeah you get one more come on man I, balance you know i gotta balance the game <laughs> i mean i'm gonna play it until it's bad but it's facts at least you got it in there yeah. you ain't looking like me side notes you know i pay a whole breacher in that binder this whole time i never even got to get down and dirty man yeah. i never got to get he down and dirty. The binder. no he's bad no, he bad like, he bad <laughs> man we go in fact drop his ass off somewhere <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, uh, Panhamonicon, um, Ghostman, anything that's really gonna let you just abuse the fact that you got treasure tokens. That's why it's an honorable. Because why not take one more? And I think you know treasures being able to really fix your colors and just accentuate yeah. the colors that need more is why that shit's so good, man. It's why that shit's so good. I've played that storm deck hella times and been like, man, I really need three blue. I guess I'll crack this treasure. Right. Amazing. No problem. My last honorable mention is Instrument of the Bards. Wow, that's awesome. Yep. That's awesome because, you know, we can take Instrument of the Bards. Go, go ahead and tell us about it because we'll leave that to the next segment. The next, Okay, so uh, Instrument of the Bard is, I believe, I'm oh, sorry. It's, it's similar to Yensen, 
in the sense you will get a harmony counter, yeah, a harmony counter on your I'm upkeep each time. About, I wish it was a reverse counter. You can pay three in a green to tap instrument of the bars to search for a creature with uh, the converted mana cost equal to the harmony counters that you have and put that card into your hand specifically. If you happen to choose a legendary creature, create a treasure token because, hey man, everybody loves treasures. Yeah, that's what it does. Yeah. How do you feel much. about it? I think it's amazing, actually. Oh, it is a one drop. It's a legendary artifact. You know, I'm gonna keep like shouting out how much these artifacts cost because that makes it so much easy to abuse when you start color com- uh, combining. It's a one drop. Once again, that's Sun Titan. But um, uh, if in Gruel, that's Goblin Engineer. But I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty amazing. It did not. They did not stifle us with it having to be a sorcery mm-hmm. speed. So you can do that as your turn's about to begin. That's pretty cool. And go ahead and let me put a shout out to to that uh, mono green boy, Peer. Because if you got Peer on the field and you got the harmony counters going up, you'll get two of them to each turn. Exactly. There's oh, one yeah. additional one. Sick. Yeah. That's, ooh. And so if three turns, I'm dropping a six drop creature. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> And if this gets destroyed, you can have that one artifact. I believe it's uh, one commander ver- converted mana cost. When mm-hmm. something would die or be destroyed with counters on it, move all the counters to it. It's uh, I believe I'm pretty sure you pulled it. I wish I could remember the name for it. What'd you say I did again? Whenever something with counters would be destroyed, remove those counters to that artifact. Oh, the Ozolith. Yeah, if you have a creature, and yep. at the upkeep you can remove it. You can push it somewhere else. So you can always save your harmony counters mm. and then recur instrument of the bars and return it back. Uh, so. In talking of instrument of the bars, I think we should. Uh, it's a good time to move on to the misses, and the the reason I want this? no. Oh, okay. We have another card that's here. It's actually a uh, one of the cards that was previewed in the Commander Precon. The bag of tricks. Okay. The bag of tricks. When comparing it to the uh, instrument of the bars, I feel like it's a little too. It's too inconsistent in this case. The bag of tricks has you pay five, you play four in a green, you tap it, you roll two d8s. Uh, you choose one result to reveal cards, a number of cards from the top of your deck. You take the other results and you choose the converted mana cost and put that card onto the battlefield. Now, I like that it goes into the battlefield, but say if I roll two D8s and I get a two and an eight, do I reveal two cards and hopefully drop an eight drop creature? Or do I reveal eight dro- eight cards and now I can only drop Coral and Oracle or oh, Kyrian yeah. Ranger or something. Yeah. And for it to be as expensive as five mana and to tap it, uh, it comes into play for one in the green, one more, the instrument of the barge, which is like, hmm. But just the rolling two D8s isn't, is too inconsistent for me. When yeah. I know that I can get these harmony counters and know exactly what I'm going to push for, you know? It's like you can trick so much and end up tricking your goddamn self. Thank and you. Then, no. Yeah, and I definitely went back because I was like, maybe you can just pay five to keep doing it. Yeah. And if that was the case, I probably would have shut down. It's a tapability, just oh, like just like what's his name. It made me look back. But if yeah. it wasn't a tapability, I'll be quiet too. I would have shut the fuck up. Yeah. I would, in green, paying off. I would and pay. It's not going to the graveyard, right? Is it just going to the bottom of the deck? Yes. yes. Oh yeah, definitely. If it if it wasn't a tapability, that. That probably would have been a hit. So as far as a a, a, a miss uh-huh. and a simple fix, if it didn't tap, man, if the bag of tricks didn't tap, I wouldn't be pushing for instrument as hard as I'm pushing. You no, know, instrument is good because of that treasure token, honestly. 
Which is a little wild. The cool, like, yeah, yeah. we're going to go tutor, but there's better ways to tutor. So not only are you able to tutor for four mana, we're going to get a treasure token. So, so it's essentially three mana you're going to tutor for as long as you follow the conditions. And once again, because we might as well just dub this episode Ban Academy Manufacturing. <laughs> we're going to gain so much value if we have that card on the field. If we have Zorn on the field, that's go. two yeah. treasure tokens. Yeah. If uh, and we could go search for Dockside. So it's, yeah, it's amazing. Go search for Dockside. You should be ashamed. Go See, man, you just like me, man. Nah, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want two Docksides. Okay, you are. You, you want two. You are. No, 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 no. Dockside good enough. We just need one. I think Dockside would <laughs> be disrespected if you, what he doing looking like me, right, man? Because Dockside going to be a planeswalker. I'm pushing it. So that's that's one of my misses, man. Uh, the bag of tricks, just in compared to the bar's instrument, is just a little too inconsistent for me, and the cost is a bit too steep. Cause five mana, I'd rather do something else with that five mana Definitely. or be investing that into something else than a random draw of. Hopefully, I get two sixes. And you know, Cause you, that's like the best case scenario, or I guess eight maximum. You grow two eights. Yeah. But uh, I mean, and you know, we you we could invest in like stacking the deck so we can abuse that. We have like scroll rack, for example. Mm. But then that that's invested too much into a combo. That but then even if you do stack it, you still have to bank on okay, um, roll. exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna put Primeval Titan on the top. Yeah. Hopefully, I get this fucking six. You roll a three and yeah. a four. I'd rather just like <laughs> risk it with like Hans, Ericsson. Word. Sort of, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know you got means of protection one, and shit, a whiff ain't that bad. It ain't that Whiff bad, ain't that bad. especially if you hot. And exactly. I mean hot like you have bigger on the field. Yeah. He has indestructible. This ain't no whiff, man. Yeah. I'm good. Um, one of my misses actually was Ice and Death Frost Tyrant. As much as uh, I do agree with you that the dragons are pretty strong this set, I actually think he or she was one of the ones that let me down. I think this is a relatively weak dragon. Mm. Um, So it's four mana, two white, two generic. It has flying and vigilance. When uh, Ice and Death Frost Tyrant dies, create Ice and Death Frost Tongue. A legendary white equipment artifact token with equipped creature gets plus two, plus zero. And whenever equipped creature attacks, tap target creature defender player controls. It equips for two. If I just think like at the end of the at the end of the day, why would you want to use this effect? I, I really think this is such a miss. It's just kind of like, why did they print this card almost? I have to agree, because I remember looking at that card and being like, maybe the equipment, maybe. <laughs> right? Like, if the equipment just attached to a creature, okay, a little better. If it wasn't a legendary, even better. If that was the two, like, that would be my two fixes. It should have been a legendary equipment. Even though I get it, it's a legendary creature's tongue. And it should have never cost. And it would just be a cool dragon. Because now I'll be making, like, tongues that powered up my weenies, which is a little weird. I mean, shit, maybe the simple and lazy fix is just make them a bit more powerful. Shit, make them, a, a make them, like, you know, a 5-5 five five at least. Yeah, it is. 5-5 five five flying vigilance. What is, does the equipment give them any power? Yeah, just plus two. Nothing in the back? No. Shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know? It's kind of like, why, why were you made, almost? Especially when we compare them to to every other dragon released. As much set. as we talked about, Nawbone, Super Saiyan, Shivan Dragon, uh, even the blue one's not that bad. The blue one's not that bad because it has protection. Not, yep, Ward. Facts. And that's all it took to make that shit like, it's okay. And then you can draw. You draw one card. And then you have 
fewer uh, than three cards in your hand, you'll draw to that distance, uh, that difference. So mm. essentially, he's gonna make sure you have three cards in hand mm. at, at the at the least, at least, which is not a bad thing because who likes top decking, man? Yeah, in Imrith Desert Doom, and then you have like Ebon Death Drago Draco Lich, the black, the model black dragon of the set. He can flash. He enters uh, tap, but he has flash, so that's not a problem. And you may cast them from the graveyard. I was about to say he can recur. I feel yeah. like, yeah. No, so compared to your peers? Nah, come yeah, on, you man. Fell, you come, fell short. Come on, man. So keeping it in the form of dragons and misses, uh, the Final Fantasy fan of me is real hurtful to say this, but my boy Bahamut, the Grandmaster of Flowers, I keep calling him Bahamut because on the Planeswalker <laughs> thing, it says his name, Bahamut. Now, I don't, I don't, okay. Give him his credit. When my man has these seven loyalty counters and he's a flying 7-7 seven, seven indestructible dragon, that is badass. But the fact that what does he come in as as his loyalty? Three. He comes in at three, which means I, he has two plus one. So you like, man, he got two plus ones. Man, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, The first plus one, what, what does it do? Target creature without first strike, double... Double strike or visitors can't attack or block until your next turn. Okay, so you just telling somebody pause. Um, and the second ability is you go and you can search for a card called Monk of the Open Hand, and you can reveal it and put that card into your hand. So you like, okay, 10K, you need to shut the fuck up with 10K because uh, you must not know what this motherfucker Monk of the Open Hand do. Monk of the Open Hand is the most busted, broken card coming out this set. You know what I'm saying? Because going to because this planeswalker motherfucker out here coming out here searching for him, and what does Monk of the Open Hand do? It's just a one drop white. He has flurry of blows. Whenever you cast your second spell each turn, put a plus one plus one counter on Monk of the Open Hand. So the only reason why I'm giving this planeswalker any sauce is because he eventually turns into a seven seven flying dragon. If you could get him there. Thank you. But your two abilities I give absolutely no shits about. It's not even if I put more loyalty counters on you, you get stronger. It's just I have a nope. flying 7-7 seven, seven indestructible. Yep. And I understand I'm really taking this in the course of being a commander player, but even in playing the 60, I'm like, why do you have four of this dude in your deck? Right. And now maybe I haven't received the adequate enough ass whooping to be like, hey, yo, Snoke, Bahamut, Bahamut. No, I'm sorry. And I implore receiving this ass whooping from Bahamut to be like, you know what, man? We needed to shut the fuck up about that, dude. But as and, and if we was to go through just the list of planeswalkers that they gave us, I, I really feel like Devil Chick may be clutching it out on you, Bahamut. You know what I'm saying? That may be the, 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 the but if we look at your peers, all the mono oh. planeswalkers. So, so real? Mm. Oh, we could get to that in a minute. So real is pretty good. Oh, I felt so. Yeah, I definitely like a uh, uh, devil shot, and her extended art is beautiful. But Grandmaster's the flowers plus one, his first plus one ability, I think is absolutely horrible. <laughs> because yeah, sure, I guess it protects like itself. No, it just protects your board against creatures with keywords. But what about the creatures who don't have keywords? What about the creatures who have keywords that are not mentioned on this card? It's just, it doesn't really make sense. And it could be targeted by a spell. Yep. Any spell that wants to deal damage or destroy Planeswalker. Like there's so many dread boards and stuff. Exactly. Destroy target Planeswalker. 
and then it becomes a creature. So I think at seven loyalty counters, it doesn't even have its loyalty abilities no more. I'm not too sure about I that. I feel like it does. It still I feel does? like it still has its loyalty abilities. It's okay. just a wow. creature as well now. I too. guess the goal is to get to seven, but then my my question is... No, maybe play, he doesn't have the abilities I now that I'm thinking about it. He don't. When Planeswalkers became creatures... He's a creature. Because creatures He's can't a creature, have loyalty yeah. I mean, have loyalty abilities. Oh. So, like, but even if they do... I would just ask the question, why are you not playing a better Planeswalker? A better white one. All these Elspeths out here just kicking ass. Yeah, and Even the Gideons. Come on. I personally feel like the Gideons tend to be the weakest. They're better than him. Because, I mean, all they had to do to fix this card was if they didn't want him to be strong, they could have made Monk with the open hand strong. But the, the fact that he's limited to just the second spell, I think that little trend in Magic is some of the weakest thing to be made like monologue attacks i'm not a big fan of monologue attacks like that triggers once do you think that's just because of how good smothering tie was when it yes. came? you've experienced smothering yes. tie so you can't get this nerf Absolutely. and be like i would not be this this ain't nowhere near as good as what i've experienced right 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 <laughs> right it, like it would be just like exponentially better if it said the first spell you know how many people can play their deck without casting more than one spell a turn? So it's just, why would you limit it to second? I've played mono attacks and been through that. Like it is doing nothing but holding a card slot. Yep. Did you deck. play? Did you play a second spell? Nope. Nope. I didn't. You play a second spell? Nah, nope. I didn't do it. So nah, it's 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 easier to be like, did you draw? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, smaller tide definitely spoiled me. Uh, uh, rightfully so. I mean. I think you've hit nail on the head. Everything will bother me. The only thing that's going to change my mind and feeling like this card is I like the artwork. I'm He's sorry. cool. He, he looked cool. cool. He looked cool as hell, man. The Grandmaster of the Flowers. But, yeah, I, I need I need to receive the thoroughest of ass whoopings from this card. I need him to drop him in the mono white and be like, who said I wasn't good? But the only way I see him straight is in Celestia, and you have a doubler on the field. Yeah. But then I was still like, why not play a better Planeswalker? Word, because that does not get around the fact there are just better motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, there's there. really, what situation is like he he was like the best choice? What or the second or the third best choice? If his second loyalty ability was like search for a creature with converted mana cost one, that would have been great. Yeah, we could go get Monk with yeah. the open hand, but no, we're not gonna do that. Yeah. We're gonna go do something better. We're Watch, they're gonna, they're, gonna, they're gonna fuck around and get Soul Warden. <laughs> <laughs> right? Soul Mother Warden. of Runes. Like, yeah. Soul Warden is crazy better than Monk of the <laughs> Open Hand. And that's crazy to say. But those are the only two misses I have, man. I don't know if you got another one, but but Bahamut and Bagatrix. Bagatrix could be better, you know. Maybe the RNG playtesting will feel better, but I, I'm scared I didn't of that. I catch Bagatrix. If I did, I probably would have put that on the list. Mm. Well, I got it for that's why you know two eyes, four eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, there's several cards I personally wouldn't play, but I don't think they're that bad to like consider them misses. I, I'm really only like gunning for the cards where like what would you think it was? It's Word. I mean, I think then our our number one golden medal of that has to be Bahamut. Then. Yeah, definitely. It fucking has to be. And that's not a shot at you, Wizards. It's it's more so just like I understand cards are going to be weak compared to other cards, mm -hmm. but. If you have some like just real like play testing going on, it's just like what's up with Bahamut? Especially is, is he a looking at the other fucking planeswalkers, like yeah. the the company you're keeping and him. That that dude run with y'all? Yeah, nah, 
You should have gave him like a, a third ability. Gave, give him an ultimate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or he should have just been a, a bigger, scarier dragon. Yeah. No lie. I would have rather you've made him turn into a dragon as a loyalty ability if it meant that loyalty ability was stronger. Shit, maybe if they just would have gave him lifelink. Flying 7-7 seven, seven indestructible lifelink dragon. That's not bars. No, that's pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? Or like maybe like um like some form of like silence or like you Ooh. don't take damage this turn. Cause like your you know grandmaster of flowers seems real tranquil, right? Pacifism type. Yeah. You know what, man? You you, you, know. you feel good right now. Yeah, could have done something like that. Definitely. All right, so shoot. I guess moving to moving to our final uh selection of it, um, sleepers, man. Sleepers. What are cars that we feel like you know, a lot of a lot of talk, a lot of eyes may not be on them, but you should probably watch out. If you if you see him, if you see it played, you should get a little bit of the rock eyebrow. And to kick this off, my first sleeper is actually a card that Shinobu mentioned earlier today, and it's a teleportation circle. Yes. Um, teleportation circle coming in for the same cost as Thassa. It's three and a blue. Um, I would like to note that Thassa only allows you to flicker or blink creatures. A teleportation circle actually allows you to flicker or blink artifacts and creatures. You get the option. Oh, yeah. You get the option, and it's it's the same cost. Now, granted, you don't get to tap somebody's creature down, but between, I mean, there's a lot of artifacts, static artifact synergies that can come in, come back into play, like Coveted Jewel, whatever it may be. Like, say if you Coveted Jewel, you stole it from me, I Coveted Jewel, and it's back on my field, and I'm drawing three cards. Oh, yeah. That is absolutely sick. Because you know it's gonna return on the owner's upkeep. So I yeah, uh I think that if you don't want to spend the eighteen dollars also in terms of circle of dreams, Druid logic, I don't want to spend eighteen dollars on Thassa, I'm gonna get this teleportation circle, man, right. if I got this white. Uh there's too many good blinks. You were talking about Nadar, uh just teleportation yeah. circle. I'm blinking buddy to venture through these dungeons each time is sick. It's pretty sick that it says artifacts as well. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's a it's a slash artifact, and and there's a lot of options there. So if you see teleportation circle, I think the first thing you should know is that it's not in there for a reason, or not in there for no reason. Uh, if they have white and red, know that he will be blinking dockside on yeah. your ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You know it can get nasty. If it's so. green, we gonna blink Avengers in the car. Come on, Come, easy, yeah. easy. Yeah, treat teleportation circle like that, sir. It is. Yeah. It is, and it gives you a little bit more, believe it or not. Yeah, so it gives you probably a little worse more. Than Thassa. It's probably more dangerous than Thassa, honestly. But just because of, I have more options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I may not have a good creature. And the cost, then. I'm telling you, three and a white, three and a white ain't bad, because they could have easily made it worse yeah. just by making it more expensive than Thassa. It's three and two white. Oh, wow. Oh. Um, Arkea's Mancer's map? Sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, man, like, after this came out, like, the value in that card is like opponents have to play more land. They have to have more land in you for you to play your land. But to be able to search again for land, that Link would be it. Cool. Come on back. Yeah. Come on back. One of my sleepers is actually Spirit of Annihilation. Because, you know, besides player removal, I think the best form of removal, I think we all could agree, is exile. And the fact that this is like a mass exile, granted, it only targets creatures and planeswalker. But it targets, it doesn't target, by the way. It only focuses on creatures of Planeswalker. But 
it also focuses on those same car types in the graveyard and it's controlled you decide what you're removing so i think that's pretty cool it's 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 better than in some instances damnation for example Mm. wrath of god for example because you know those destroy at least we're going to exile like oh you know creatures. you're getting rid of it you're getting you know because say good. shit uh, going against you you got dark steel forge out on the field so now you just made everything hella harder for me to get yeah. rid of you know it's gone it's gone uh, the way spirit annihilation works is one black and x spell so depending on how much you pump into this card into this spell that's what's going to be exiled mm. so if they have you, you know you're going against a token deck you just play one black all of that's gone which is amazing because a lot of tokens decks they kind of thrive on making their tokens indestructible. Right, and they'll get biggest shit. You get them with six six tokens. All it takes is zero. And even get some past like uh, Cigar to Huron, where like you can't sacrifice. You can't cause a player to sacrifice. Oh wow! Yeah, so you could just exile them. Nice. Come on. Come on. So yeah, I think that's a sleeper. Good, good removal. Um, my next one is actually gonna be an Enchantment Aura. <clears throat> simple name uh fly um fly gives target creature flying and whenever that creature deals combat damage you can venture into a dungeon um i saw this card and i thought of one of snoga's decks that he made and he got down with it the boy who stole that lion um rafika the mini he did not steal that lion. he stole that lion but any creature that's like has a means of double strike and well let me just start at voltron commanders with rafik Rafik is the man leading the deck. He's the man taking somebody's life in this deck. To just give him flying and evasion for one blue is like, bingo, nice. But now having the option to get all of these dungeon effects and the fact that Rafik has double strike, so now I'm moving in the dungeon faster than your average bear because uh, one strike, I move into the dungeon. A next strike, I venture again. Uh, I've in essence giving Rafik at least 12 more abilities counting all of the dungeon abilities with just this one or an enchantment on the field wait it's deal combat damage i believe yes when it's deal combat damage oh, you yeah. venture into the dungeon so just yeah. anything with double strike yeah not only are you running through these dungeons and it gives you flying <laughs> so a form of evasion it's sick and for one yeah, for one cool. blue that's pretty cool so I, I i any any voltron or or single single target you know spotlight deck that you have access to blue why not give it fly why not give yourself dungeons yeah, why not why not is either a scry i'm creating treasures i'm making them stronger uh making more creatures i mean even if you don't have the deck full of venture into dungeon mechanics, just Rafik and Fly, for example, is all right. I have my venture in the deck. This is cool enough. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's additional value off, uh, especially with Rafik uh, as a someone who like played them extensively. Just attacking and building a deck just to attack can be a little underwhelming when you're in, like in a multiplayer format and everybody's kind of moving away further, further away from like the combat step. So the to find value in every, you know, nook and cranny is pretty cool. So yeah, I actually do like that fly card. Mm. Another sleeper of mine actually is uh Dragon's Fire. It's essentially like you deal three damage. It's kinda like a lightning bolt, but you can reveal a dragon from your hand. Um or dragon that's on the field, just choose a dragon on the field and then deal damage equal to that dragon's power. Hmm. So like the Earth Dragon is ten ten, 
So I can attack for 10 and then deal 10. Shit. Or, and I don't even need the Earth Dragon on the field. It could be in my hand. Or any other dragon for that matter. And dragons tend to be the strong in general. Mm-hmm. So and it's just a two drop. It's an instant. One red, one g- generic. That is heat for big ass damage. And, it, and not I, even factoring in them being pumped. Because yeah, you, know, exactly. you know dragons going to have the... Shivers dragon. Come on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not sure we actually like mentioned his name, but his name is Inferno of the Star Bounce. But let's just call him Super Saiyan Shivers Dragon. There we go. Now, now, now that everybody's level on the playing field, yeah. Super Saiyan Shivers Dragon is not playing with these motherfuckers out here, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm out here about her jipping them. That's not a sleeper. You know when you see that on the field, this motherfucker's trying to deal 40 damage to me. 40 damage. He got to go. Uh, my next uh, sleeper is actually a card I said we we're going to talk about earlier. Uh, if it had haste, is the hoarding ogre. I talked about hoarding ogre last pod, but my man comes down and gets down, man. He's three in a red. Uh, for one through nine, you roll the d twenty. You roll the d twenty when he attacks. One through nine, you create a treasure token. Uh, eleven through nineteen, you create two treasure tokens. And for that d twenty, you create three treasure tokens. Really, the level of ramp that I think that you get here for an effective cost. Now, I did make the point of. He has to have haste. I really wouldn't want to drop him and be waiting a turn to get that treasure off, but to get that gold span effect kind of in a way, to be able to drop him and, say, produce two treasures or even just the one, even if I just do get the one treasure, attacking with him and swinging the same turn is is awesome. It's awesome. Like, I made the comparison that he's, like, red Andu giant in a way that he's giving you ramp, but the fact that his ramp is consistent in a way, as long as I'm attacking – um, producing these treasures for you and I don't I don't even see a loss at him producing one treasure a turn like of course it's cool if I hit the two it's even better if I hit the three but just off rip producing a treasure each time he attacks is is heat to me I um, actually you know sometimes I think in the, just in the perspective of what because what would be considered a threat level right so one you could just have like you know Barbarian class since we had this set, that's gonna give you your haste. But um I actually wouldn't be too scared to have it not attack the turn it comes out. Of Word. course I want it to, but who's I, mean, I didn't target him? I didn't know if I was just liking the card too much. So yeah. I tried to just give, you know, it coming out and swinging, but I think that shit just staying there, like you saying is like, bro. Yeah, it's not it's not too bad at all. Bro. And, you know, for a common, I think it's costed pretty well, even if you're playing, you know, Gruel or you're not necessarily playing, whether you're playing mono red or something that has red. Uh, if you don't have green and let's say you're strapped for ramp or mana, he'll come in and do some good fixing for you, I believe. I know Sleeper Mod is actually Zombie Ogre. Uh, mono black, two black, three colorless, or generic, rather. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, if a creature dies this turn, venture into the dungeon. So, I mean, what dies a lot? In magic, it's normally black creatures, and you get the plus over that. So you could oh, with the gray titan death, death, nim death mantle combo I was talking about earlier mm-hmm. for uh the planeswalker lost spider queen. Yeah, that'd be amazing just to be able to venture, adventure, adventure into the dungeon. That is heat. Uh, my last sleeper is actually skeletal swarming. And it's a sleeper just off of the combo effect of, uh, I'm going to say another sleeper. We're going to save this card for another day. But Maskwood Nexus, it's a four-cost artifact that allows all of your creatures to be every type of type in into the game. Um, this counts for 
even creatures that are not in the game. So creatures in your hand are every creature type. Uh, I think about a Golgari elf deck that just has swarmed at least, say, a good 10 elves onto the field. I play Maskwood. I have inadvertently made all of my elf skeletons. Now I play Skeletal Swarming. Skeletal Swarming reads that all skeletons I control attack each turn if able. They get plus X plus O and trample where X is the number of skeletons I control. Um, the last bit of text is that if a creature dies, I can create two skeletons, which is awesome. But the fact of dropping him down with Maskwood, all of my elves who are already pumped because they're elves, get hella pseudo overwhelming and overwhelming stampede and overrun effects. Even though you subject your board to having to attack each turn, uh, just swinging out with hella elf skeletons for lack of better words it's probably a game ending play at the end of the day yeah for real another sleeper is uh westgate regent he's a vampire model black creature two black three generic he has flying i consider him a sleeper because of his ward ability which is discard a card oh i know who you talking about yo i was looking at him like this is pretty sick man yeah so <laughs> unless the player is willing to discard a card um they shouldn't be targeting this person with a spell or ability and whenever uh westgate reject deals combat damage to a player put their main plus ones plus one counters on it it comes out as a four four mm-hmm. okay but like i mean you're in black so not necessarily is there like easy means to pump it but just combine it with like green or red combine it with green or red and i mean shit it's fine and it's, it's, get, it's yeah, getting I over there that. you it know it's have the keyword flying it's, d- it's doing damage yeah <laughs> you know so shit, that four ain't like oh nah that's all right Oh, oh, and before, oh man, I don't want to leave this uh, category yet. Okay. So, real Archduke of Avernus, the Red Planeswalker. So, I oh, think okay. she's. Double, uh, double check, double, double girl. Check. I think she's extremely good simply because she comes out with four loyalty counters and her emblem is six. So, in Mono Red, as much as you know, we have problem with drawing and whatnot, it's real easy to pump out a lot of mana fast. So, we can play a Mountain Soul Ring into um let's say what red medallion i was about to say right? I'm, I'm glad you said it because you already know that's there yeah, yeah so now she's coming out turn two uh people most people will not have a creature out yet you'll plus her on that and her plus one is creatures you control get plus one and gain haste until the end of turn you could be running this with goblins for example so now they get stronger because it is creatures which is cool and then um, if you don't want to plus one her, she has a zero creature. Create a 1-1 one, one red devil creature token with, with when this creature dies, it deals one damage to any target. So we have creatures that can attack and are also pingers and also will benefit from her plus one. But I really just want to highlight it's ultimate. You get an emblem with at the end of the first combat phase on your turn, untap target creature control. After this phase, there is an additional combat phase. So that's pretty pretty Just, awesome. Yeah, guaranteed two combat steps. As I was saying earlier, in Mardu Vorpal Sword, that'd be amazing. But that's just amazing in any deck that mm. really wants to tap sideways. And what is her um um her plus one again? Was it the creatures you control get plus one nice. plus zero and gain haste nice. to the end of turn? It's crazy because I thought the ability was devil specific. I thought it was like devil creatures for some mm-hmm. reason. She but makes devils. Yeah, there we go. Uh. uh I'm not trying to go back and shit on you, Bob Mute, but I definitely gave you the side eye across the room, See? dog. Gave you the side <laughs> eye across the room, man. I think all the Flame Walker kind of just looking over there, like, what happened? Facts, to you? though, man. 
Like you didn't spend the inter- enough time. The interns must have fucked with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't spend enough, you know, in the, in the oven or something. You feel me? It's like you was almost there, but then you just made a hard left. He tried to come in with a buddy. He was like, "But well, my man's though. Have you heard of the open hand? <laughs> Dude, you didn't understand this party didn't allow plus ones. That was your problem. Yep. Easy. Easy. Ah, that sums up the 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 misses and, and and the hits for me. Um, overall, good set. We yeah, good set. Good Playability, set. the whole. Now I think we touched on a good variety of cards. Yeah, just in all of the colors. Um. Another thing, just to highlight, as far as the Dungeons and Dragons set is concerned, is that this is a fantastic intro set. I believe I've said it before, but if you're somebody who's been thinking about playing Magic or you're trying to get somebody into the game of Magic, I believe this is a good, 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 good little bit of training wheels to get somebody nice and warmed up on getting getting them into the game. So, as far as flavor and fun. They're trying to unpack ways that not only veterans of Magic are going to be able to play it for a new way, but new people are going to be able to play it. I think I think it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah, man. Um, I I just want to say like I think every color combination had a good showcase in some form of regard. Mm-hmm. Once again, probably white being the weakest, but uh, actually, was white the weakest? It's probably blue, but we say that for another time. There were a lot of cards we did not focus on because we're actually saving it for the next episode. Involving the pre-con. Yes, sir. Let's deep dive because there's a lot of new cards that came with the pre-con. Some new commanders, some new people out here. We got her t- attack harmonicon. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. There's a lot of bars being spilled out here on the commander decks, and um, yeah. Uh, I, deep dive. Come you on. know, and for another episode, I am worried that with all these panharmonicon effects, commander's getting too powerful. Commander, it's not. Almost a si- there we go. You 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 took it right out my took it out my head took it out my mouth, man. Uh, it's not about it being powerful. It's about it being fast, man. Turn three, you can watch a commander game on YouTube, and just look at everybody's turn three. Somebody is playing from back in the day, and somebody's like, this is like a game a turn six board state that's already here. Yeah. And what the fuck do you want me to do? Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Maybe the whole power scaling and what type of power deck are you playing is something more to take yeah, into. Be- yeah, it's becoming more prevalent. Because sheesh. Sheesh. I remember now I understand. I remember when I started playing Commander and before when I was watching it, I, you know, a hundred card deck, you would see a card that has, say, a CMC of like eight. And motherfuckers would be like, that card's expensive. And I'd be like, motherfucker, it's Commander. If anything, <laughs> we finally going to get to play right. this card, man. Exactly. I'm starting to see just with the tempo of how shit expensive. is. Yeah, that shit too expensive, bro. It is too expensive. If you sit with the right group of people, there ain't no way you about to play exactly. that motherfucking seven call. Hey, pack it up. <laughs> but, you know, we don't want to hold you up too much, especially for you people that visited 10K's uh, blacksmith shop. Hey. And y- 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 y'all definitely need to go get your, you know, your class action together because this man needs to be stopped. Get your warranty. That that is really the thing. It does you know? not matter about get, warranty. Get people. your warranty, man. I sold you the service, man. Yeah, I, I worked too hard for you all this. You sold man. a service that what, offered what? a certain quality of product, and I did not get that quality. My sword of feast of famine just gives me protection. You get buffed. So what? You get the plus two, plus hold two. Up, hold up. 
you use Sword and Feast of Famine for the buff and protection. You get, you get, you get the plus two, plus two. You do on tap for what I remember. See, look, see, look, see, look. Now, 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 your story. See, man, somebody get this guy up out of here, man. Somebody get this guy up out of here, man. 